I've actually been before you today teaching. Um, other than going through the Gospels, or, yeah, going through the Gospels and then going through the High Holy Days. <clears throat> but I come before you today looking at the Scriptures and talking about encouraging one another to good deeds. I want to first let you know that I'm going to go through passages of Scripture that I think that the Disciple Center and the people here are doing really well. And then the second part of it, where I'll focus most of it on, I think may challenge a few thoughts. Um, Moving to the book of James, if you want to turn there to chapter 2, I want to reference this in case other people actually hear me outside of here. We all know that um, our faith and the way that we earn, we don't earn salvation through deeds, so we earn, we get that by grace through faith, through Jesus Christ. Yet our, our faith requires deeds. And it talks about that in James 2, one of his own apostles, in 14 through 26. And it says, What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can the faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for the body, what use is it that then? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith, and I have works. You show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. It's preached too many times by the pulpit that we only need to earn that salvation. We need to be striving for more than that. And it's by striving for more than that and following in those righteous deeds that we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Father. Turn over to Luke 6. And as you guys turn there, I want to let you know that I think and I believe and I've seen how the people here at this congregation are helping one another. I believe we're doing this as it talked about somebody in need. I know whenever somebody says they need something here, people are quick to help. So I see this. And like I said at the beginning of this, I'm just referencing what I believe um, and encouraging you guys to continue to do. Six, Chapter 6 of uh, Luke, in verse 31 through 35, it says, Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Don't we teach our children that all the time? That's the main thing that we teach our children. 
If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. <clears throat> you see, God teaches us within this passage, and like I said, I think we're doing this really well here. This is something that even uh, my grandfather, who's not a believer, said, if you lend to somebody, lend, don't, don't expect it back, because you're going to have your feelings hurt, you're probably going to... Uh, ruin a relationship but from this passage it says that we're to lend to those who we don't expect something back from them where is this coming from it actually comes from the torah we need to be teaching our children where their origination actually comes from and if you want turn over to deuteronomy 15 and we'll read from the these passages but for this is where that passage in the new testament refers back to and as you guys turn over there in Deuteronomy 15, we'll read 7 through 11. I want to talk about some words within this passage. <clears throat> it talks about the heart. This whole uh, teaching today is talking about the heart issue of men. Um, we'll get to that a little bit more in a little bit. But the heart issue also is talking about the hardening of the heart, which in the Hebrew is called ametz. I looked it up, I researched it. The hardening of Pharaoh's heart was ametz. It was hardened. It was determined. It was stout. It was bold. It was obstinate. It was made firm against the Lord. Ametz. Now, heart in Hebrew is labeb. That's the inner man, the desire. We always have to be checking what our heart means. And what our heart's desire is, because we want to make sure that it's humble, it's purified for his words. So let's read that passage in Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 11. If there is a poor man with you, one of your brothers any of, in any of your towns, in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden, right? You shall not harden your heart. You shall not amets, harden amets your heart, Labeb, nor close your hand from your poor brother, but you shall freely open your hand to him and shall generously lend him sufficient for his needs in whatever he lacks. Be aware that there is no base thought in your heart. Again, checking your heart, your Labeb, saying, The seventh year, the year of remission is near. And your eye is hostile toward your poor brother, and you give him nothing. Then he may cry to the Lord against you, and it will be a sin. You shall generously give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work, in all your undertakings. For the poor will never cease to be in the land. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall freely open your hand to your brother, to your needy and poor in your land. Let me explain this a little bit. Because 
it's talking about the remission year. And what would happen is every seventh year, if you had lent something to somebody, the debt's cleared. So if you lend it on the first year, they have six years to pay it back, which is really easy to lend if you think, well, maybe they'll pay me back. But if you're in, we'll just use the general calendar we do, and on the sixth year, on December 25th, we all celebrate Christ, right? What's better than to give to those? But what if they need something more than, um, and we know that they're not going to be able to pay us back in five days? That's a bigger deal. But God says, check your heart. Make sure it's not a mess. It's not hardened. Check your labeb. Check your heart. But as I said, I think here at the Disciple Center, we're doing really good with that. We're going to turn back to Matthew 6 now. This is where the challenge is going to start. Because we hear this Matthew 6, 16 through 21 passage every year whenever we're going through the holy days because of the fact that when we do our fast on Yom Kippur, we're told not to let other people know what we're doing, right? And it says, Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have, a, have their reward in full, right? Their hearts are in the wrong place. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I agree 100% with this passage. We always have to be in constant reminder of where our heart and our mind is according to the scriptures. But as we practice them, we need to be aware. If somebody asks us what we're doing on that day, we need to be open with them and let them know that we are honoring the Lord. And why are we doing that? Because it's according to his scripture. I'm not saying don't wash your bodies and don't brush your teeth on that day. I'm just saying, check yourself in case somebody asks you. Whenever you go to an Ash Wednesday service and you get ashes, you already know what people are doing. But if they don't know and they see ashes on your forehead, be open, talk talk to them. But don't do it to be seen by other people. So again, checking of your heart. Just a few verses back, 6, 1 through 4 says, Beware of your of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. See, right there in that one verse, we'll go on and read it in a minute. It's saying, check your heart. Know why you're doing this. Are you doing it to be seen by men? Or are you doing it for Him? If you're doing it for the love of God, for according to His scriptures, you're on the righteous path. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let 
your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into the inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I understand this keeps talking about doing things in secret. But when we're doing deeds, can they be in secret? Did Christ go to the backside of the cross and hide the cross and die for us? No, he was in front of everybody. His heart was pure. He's the only sinless person that's ever lived on this world. Whenever you do it, you can't just do it in secret. This is why I say I'm going to challenge you because I think and what I've heard so many times over the past years here is that I don't want to let other people know what's going on and what I'm doing good because of the fact that they don't want their rewards to be taken away from heaven. Let me say if that's the case, then you need to check your heart as well because we need to be encouraging and by sharing and encouraging, telling people what we've done and what's worked, It's actually inspiring other people to come alongside us. The passages that I'm going to share with you today will challenge that. I'm not saying stand in the doorway and do it. But I am saying amongst family, we should be sharing with one another. The testimonies that we give today is amongst family. We talk about things a little bit more open in family. Look at Titus 3. This passage was read a little bit earlier. Titus 3, 5 through 8 says, He saved us not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Thus is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently. Speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. Right there in the last verse, it tells us to speak confidently, knowing and encouraging one another to love and good deeds. Um, Again, we can do that during testimony time. When you do that, Know that I'm not going to come up after you've shared your testimony and I'm not going to pat you on the back. I may come up and say, hey, how can I get involved in what you're doing? Because I want to come alongside you. I have that time available. Or I, my daughter's old enough to start doing that. How can I do that? That's exactly what that passage is talking about. Let's look at another passage. Titus 2, just a, one page back possibly in your, in your Bible. It tells us clearly how we should be sharing and encouraging one another. Picking up in verse 2 of, of Titus, Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, and love in perseverance. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage... And to encourage, you've got to speak. 
the young women to love their husbands, showing them how to love their husbands, to love their children. How's that done? By deed. To be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all these things, show yourself to be an example. How do you show yourself to be an example? But by your deeds and to others. It's by being an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine dignified. Sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. You see, it's by others seeing us. Again, I want to share one thing over to Hebrews 12, um, 28, up to 13, 2. It says, Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Let love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. This is an act. This is a good deed. I want to share something with you guys. As you know, my grandfather, the originating... Um, person in the faith in my family has already gone to be with the Lord. And if do you know very much about the farmland? I know Matt does. <clears throat> but in the springtime, we're tilling the ground out there, which means all this open land is flat and it's open. Planting some seeds, so little sprouts may be up, but not much. My grandfather one night on the way home, because he was always a farmhand, he saw a gentleman walking down the road. And if you see a gentleman walking down the road in the middle of nowhere around supper time, you kind of wonder what's going on. So he pulls over, he starts talking to the gentleman, and he said, well, I'm just going from, you know, point A to point B. And he's like, well, it's around supper time. Why don't you come have dinner with us? And so as he did, he went to dinner with my grandfather and the rest of the family. As dinner is starting to get over... And my grandfather and them, they always talked about scripture at the dinner table. Um, The gentleman excuses himself and says, well, I better be going because it's going to be getting dark in about an hour and I need to get to where I'm going. And my grandfather and grandmother asked if, you know, my grandfather could take him. And the gentleman said no. He said, no, that's okay. I like to walk. We're good. Gets back. About five minutes later, my grandmother urged him, go see where he's going and Make sure you take him to wherever he needs to go. There's nothing around here. Grandpa gets in the truck, starts driving around. Actually, he walked outside, he said, and he looked all around. He looked to the north of Copus. He looked over here in the fields. He looked back towards Copus Road. Looked over here in these fields, didn't see anybody. So he got in his truck, he started driving around. There was nobody to be seen. Nobody anywhere. And this passage of scripture is what my grandfather referenced. You see, we never know when we may be entertaining angels. I'm not saying the gentleman didn't go into a certain row and lay down and sleep for the night. But I am saying that it was possible they were entertaining angels. Now, I've shared that with you, right? My grandfather's already went to be with the Lord. I don't believe that he's sitting there with Jesus this morning going... 
And Jesus goes, well, your grandson just shared that story. That jewel's gone. I just don't think that's happening. I think that story was shared with us to be passed on because it's an encouragement to my family as we do things here. Hebrews 10, the passage that I refer to for this service today. 19 through 25 says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Yeshua, that's Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart. So in other words, not a metz, but a sincere heart, right? In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to, what's it say there? How to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. How do we encourage one another? It's just not by words. It's by our actions. It's by our deeds. You see, about a year ago, one of our brothers that left this congregation continues to minister in other state, told Matt how to how he had been practicing reading passages of scripture to his children every night and how his children were memorizing whole passages of scripture. Was he doing it to get a pat on the back? No, I think he was doing it so it would be passed on. Later on, I was fellowshipping and talking with Matt, and he said that he'd been doing it with his children, and one of them landed and ran up and could quote the whole passage. Not just one verse, but the whole passage. What I start doing, I started doing the same thing. Before I knew it, I could quote the whole passage. Not my daughter, but she could too. And she would correct me. No, that's not what it says, Papa. That's sharing and encouraging one another. David didn't think he was going to do that, maybe just to Matt, but he was encouraging us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and have these passages memorized. If you don't think I'm still correct in the way that I'm trying to encourage you guys in sharing with one another, turn to Hebrews 13. We'll read 13, 15, and 16. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to His name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. You see, there's been times that we need to share what's going on in our lives. We need to encourage one another because within family we share more stuff that's going on. And that provokes many to do similar acts. I remember when I was <clears throat> helping somebody at work 
and it was on a continual basis. And my director, who used to be a Christian, asked me, why do you continue to talk to that person? Why do you continue to help him? And I said, you know what? I was a little bit nervous because he's my boss, right? I said, well, it's because the scriptures tell me to, and my faith tells me to. It's not because of what I want to do. Even though God turns my heart and makes me want to do those things, it's because of what God has said. Non-believers are going to ask us why we're doing things, and we can give credit to the Almighty God, to Yeshua, for he gave, it, he gave up his own life to us. We encourage one another, and Karen and I have talked to you guys about how we will keep certain things in our car to help those who may need help. Today, I'm going to give quite a few of you guys these to help those who you may see along the way. Make sure this is taken from our benevolence. I want you to help those in need. I want you to get the blessing that Karen and I are doing. I don't do this because I'm trying to get a pat on the back. I'm doing this to bring you guys alongside with us. These, if you go out and you go to Subway with these, may God curse you because it's not for you. It's for somebody else. It's to help those in need. May God continue to work on your hearts. May God continue to draw you closer. And as a community of faith, may we grow in the faith and knowledge, not just by sitting there and reading the scriptures, but by doing the scriptures. And as we do, may our children see what we do and be blessed by it. That's my hope for this congregation in the days and the years ahead as we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ together. Let's go to him in prayer.